Hey Twitter world, it's me, yours truly. Hey Twitter world, it's me, yours truly. Hey Twitter world, it's yours truly. That's what I'm talking about. Hey Twitter world, this is yours truly. Hey Twitter world, it's me, yours truly. Hey Twitter world, yours truly. <laughs> Hello Twitter world, this is me, yours truly. Hey Twitter world, yours truly. Hey Twitter world, it's me, yours truly. Hey Twitter world, it's me, yours truly. Hey Twitter world, it's me, yours truly. Hey Twitter world, hey Twitter world, hey Twitter world, it's me, yours truly. Hey everyone, welcome back to Stacked, episode 21. Woo! It's episode 21! We know, we know how we're gonna do it. Yes! Alright, 21, 20, I'm, they're, they're all over the place right now, they're all over the screen. It's episode 21, everyone, this is a very special episode. 21, 21, 21. He just, he just realized. I, I just realized what episode it is. Holy shit. Alright. Yes. He just found the new meme. I just found... Okay, guys. I just found this meme where it's this kid and he thinks 9 plus 10. Get this. He thinks it's 21. Ah, woo! All right. Yeah. That, welcome back that to Stacked, everyone. Uh, episode. It's <laughs> episode it's 21. 19. It's not episode 19. It's episode 19. 21. It's not 19. 9, 9 plus 10 is 19. <laughs> yeah? That joke's not funny. This joke's... Ugh. No, but he says 21. That's why it's funny. Okay. <laughs> that, okay. That very You're not supposed to be talking voice. right now because we haven't introduced you, you fucker. Today, joining us is my dear cousin, my brother in arms, my, my brother from another mother, from my dad's brother's wife. Aunt. Aunt. My aunt. That's what that's called. <laughs> She has a name, you know. <laughs> my yes. dear Aunt Angie. It's Thank Milo you. Grant Williams, the first. Yep, there's no second yet. Stay will will there be a second? I guess time will tell. How soon? There's like two more months, right? <laughs> uh, maybe yeah, the... We're seven months due. Maybe, maybe there is a... Uh, Grant the second somewhere out there. We don't know. Maybe he's a fan of the Stacked Podcast. Maybe he's listening right now. Oh! Alright, but yeah, Milo's here along with, come on, you know the boys. Say your names. Mm, Brandon. Mm, Chris. <laughs> great, great, great enthusiasm, guys. We got energy today. We got energy. We got energy, probably because we spent we spent 10 minutes trying to think of how to start the show, and now we're starting the show. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we're here with Milo, a dear, a dear stacked fan and supporter. Uh, Milo? The only supporter. The only, what's it like being our only supporter? In, our a stacked enthusiast, you would say. It's a lonely life, but a fulfilling one to make all those fake accounts that watch your videos. <laughs> Bots. We really, yeah, we, me. thank you for that. Yeah. Also, thanks for disliking that your one. First dislike. Yeah. yeah, our first dislike on the zombie episode. Uh, fellas, how. Yeah, you guys really <laughs> fucking it up on that one. I'm sorry. Yeah, we just oh, didn't deliver. That's because Brandon's mic was off. Idiot. It was Brandon. Well, that was the best part of it. <laughs> that was the best. Oh! <laughs> oh boy, we're getting into some shenanigans tonight. Where is he? Okay, Milo, do you remember the episode where I was talking about where Brandon hides behind his microphone? This is what he's doing right now. <laughs> you can't fucking see him. He's behind it? Yeah, pop out, Brandon. Where are you? 
He's not lying. <laughs> <laughs> No. <laughs> no. All right. I don't want to hear this Milo well, guy talk about how my mic's muted. Mm, damn, okay. damn. Okay, well, first we got to give some to- context why there's some beef, some beef happening. Uh, if if you don't know, uh, me and my two roommates, we stream every Friday, almost every Friday. Uh, okay. We stream almost every Friday on Sorry, the I, Wi-Fi went out and just clipped for just a second. That was weird. Uh, on twitch.tv slash snethouse. And uh, during our last stream, uh, we had a little AI dungeon fight club where we pit two of our viewers together in an all-out match determined by an AI simulator. So we had Brandon and Milo go up against each other. And I got to say, it was a battle of titans. It was... It was words cannot describe the emotions, the battles, the loss, the 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 gore, the blood, the wizardry, the trickery in that match. Get it all from anime. You get uh, who won? Ethan, who's the winner? Tab won because it brought you two together at the end. Remember? Spoiler. Oh, but okay. now, yeah, spoilers for the stream. I don't know. It was live. I don't know how anyone could now watch it. I think it's uploaded on Twitch again. If you want to go back and watch that, but. That's besides the point, because now we're here, and so you're going to get some, maybe some little jabs, because I think, I think that rivalry is still going on from that battle. I don't think there's, I don't think either party is satisfied with the turnout of that fight, but. I think we're both kind of vying for your, uh, for your attention here, and who's <laughs> the better, my... yeah, <laughs> for who's the better brother. Kind of went over that Ethan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I need that, I need that extra paycheck. I don't pay you. <laughs> Wait, this isn't paid? Uh, fun fact, Brandon's mom actually pays me for him to be on the podcast. That's just a <laughs> fun fact. Thanks, mom. I really appreciate you paying for uh, my she, opportunity. She, she doesn't She doesn't listen, so you can just thank her after the show. But Oh, okay. <laughs> Remember, My Milo's the only one that listens. No, she doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It's true. But Milo. You are here yeah. on the show today because I'm here. You are uh-huh. you are an enthusiast of, of of a certain studio. And once you once you heard the word that we're starting a movie podcast about topics about movies and stuff like that and st- something or other, you 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 yeah. you uh you pitched me a, a topic that you want to do. Well, what is that topic? Um the topic is I forgot. <laughs> I wish I could tell you. <laughs> what is it? No, it's Studio Ghibli movies. Yay! From Japan. From Japan. We love Japan. You are the only one that's actually been to Japan. Great, Chris, have you been to Japan? Yeah, I have. <laughs> you are the second one that has been to Japan. But you are the only <laughs> one unless Chris wants to dunk on me again and correct me, who has been to the Studio Ghibli Museum. Chris, have you been? No. See? No, I have. Oh. No, you have. Shut up. Oh, Brandon has. You, you, you've never even left your house. <laughs> <laughs> Is that why I'm so pale? <laughs> Is that why I'm so pale? <laughs> Starts shaking, walking out of the house. <laughs> so no. Bone. But yeah, you're you're sort of the Ghibli expert. You're the guy I turn to when I when we when I think about these movies and stuff like that. So it's good to have you on the show and talk about how we are gonna 
assemble a quintessential three films for such an amazing studio. Probably my favorite animation studio. If I'm going to be completely mm, honest, it has to be. It has, it's got. It's got to be. It's got. Brand, is it yours, Brandon? Uh, maybe. They have the most quality. He likes DreamWorks. Oh, though. no. <laughs> yeah, no, he's a DreamWorks. I'm more of an Illumination guy. Just kidding. <laughs> I... Oh, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I honestly think over time, like, the Ghibli movies have, like, had the most consistent quality, whereas, like, Disney has fluctuated, Pixar's fluctuated. But, yeah, I think maybe Ghibli is the best. What about you, Chris? What's your uh, what's your stance on the best animation Ooh. studio? That's hard. I think like what Brandon said. Like I think um, Ghibli consistently puts out the best work, but like I have more favorites from Pixar, even though the average film from that's, Ghibli tends to be better. That's fair. There's certainly event studios, you know, like mm-hmm. there. I, I feel like they're the two studios. Are like oh. It doesn't matter what the movie's about. You're like, it's from them. I'm seeing it, you know? Yeah. Oh, Warner like... Animation? Come on. Give me another oh, small foot. Like I can't even tell you how many times I saw storks in theaters. <laughs> <laughs> what was the uh, what was the company that the studio that produced uh, Norm of the North? Norm of the North Incorporated. I, cannot I, I think I think it was just three dudes in a garage. <laughs> if I'm gonna be honest, that's what it looked like. Uh no offense to animators out there. You're very hardworking, but Norm of the North wasn't that very good. Uh, uh, what? what? <laughs> no. Um, I was going to watch all four tonight. You should. You really should do it one time. If, you really, if you're really down in the dumps, Milo, and you just really hate the world and hate yourself, just you'll find some humanity. It's a pick-me-up? It's a pick-me-up because you'll see how bad other things can be. And you put that into perspective with your own life, and you're like, okay, things are actually pretty good here. Just watch it on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. On Tuesday? Yeah. Oh, after the election? Yeah. Well, I know no, Milo's during a the politics election. fan. <laughs> Milo's always you know sending me, me Mr. Politic. <laughs> Milo's always sending me those political maps, so those political maps and charts and those numbers. I'm like, Ethan, look at this gerrymandering. How can you sleep at night? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. And I'm it's like it's like 4 a.m. in the morning. And then I'm like, I don't know. I'm It's 4 a.m. That's why I can't sleep at night. Okay, let's get into it. But first, let's run how the show works. Let's run it down. Here I go. I'm about to run it down. Once a week we set our topic or theme and go our separate ways to construct our own three film stack. Then after a week we come back here on the podcast and share our own stacks one film at a time. Then at the end of the show we will mix and match our nine films to make the ultimate decision on what quintessential three film stack we are checking out of this hypothetical video store. Woo! So I'm gonna be about I'm gonna be like a twenty one. Twenty one. Twenty one. You know every time you say that, I'm gonna have to match it with the twenty one kid. Like the audio. Twenty one, twenty one, twenty one, twenty one, twenty one. 21. <laughs> Thank you. You're go. welcome. Uh, uh, the plan uh, is paying off. The plan? Yeah, we started this podcast the just to plan. fuck with you on the edit for episode 21. We're done after this. I forgot Brandon's kind of a puppet master. He's he's He always calls us pawns in his large game. <laughs> ah, yes. The, all according to my grand plan. My scheme. <laughs> okay. Enough of your schemes, old man. We're gonna get to the movies. This is a movie podcast, anyhow. Anywho, with is, our f- this is a movie podcast. Yeah, it is. Okay, so I don't want any sass out of you. Does I want. Brandon have pants on. 
Our guest goes first. Milo, take us into your first Ghibli movie for the show. My first stacked pick ever. The first one, yay! <laughs> and last. What? <laughs> Boy, put your legs down! <laughs> Why? Imagine how, how threatening Brandon thinks he looks. It's like... And last. And your last. And your last. Don't fuck with me, dude. <laughs> this, this... You ain't welcome around here, boy. <laughs> okay, this show's going off the rails. Milo, get to your first pick. My first film is from Studio Ghibli. Believe it or not. Released in 2008. Uh-huh. It's one of my favorites, and you guys don't like it as much as I do. Mm-hmm. It makes me sad. Mm-hmm. It's Ponyo. <gasps> Ponyo! All right, tell Ponyo us about Ponyo. The sea. Tell us about it. Well, Ponyo is directed by Hayao Miyazaki, uh-huh. as a lot of these tend to be sometimes, maybe, hopefully. <laughs> yes. And it's a sort of retelling of the story of the Little Mermaid with a little girl named Ponyo and a little boy named Satsuke and... They have an innocent adventure trying to make Ponyo a human. Cool. It's very good and cute. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 it's, it's one of the most well animated ones. I got to give you that. Like the ocean and the fish, you know. And it looks way different from any of the other movies. It does. It does stand out as one of the most different ones. It's brighter. Um, significant. It's, you think it's significantly brighter? It's like color palette. I, I think because it's one of the first ones where they bit, went a bit more digital. I don't know. I Would you stop with your legs? I You're kicking to... over your microphone, and that's going to cause me migraines when I'm editing this. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I had to move my legs to put them uh-huh. back. Yeah, okay. Um, but yeah, Ponyo, I, it, I think it's... Okay. Remember when we were talking about Milo? You won't remember this because the episode's not out. But when we were talking about Ghostbusters, um, and Brandon, you said it, it's like it's one of those films that it was just on all the time. Yeah. For me, pa- Ponyo's that movie that they had um, when it was like a rainy day during uh, PE at school, or the, the teacher didn't know what to do with us. They'd put on Ponyo, so I saw the movie like so many fucking times when I was a little shit ass kid. That I was like, I'm I'm annoyed with Ponyo. I hate that little chicken leg girl thing, that fish thing, you know. <laughs> what a <And> race! What? <laughs> Ethan? What the fuck? Does chicken leg person mean something else? No, it just literally got chicken legs when she runs in the water. She goes like, you know, running all over the place, and she's got little. Oh, here comes one of them chicken legs. <laughs> Boys, steer clear of them chicken leg people. <laughs> Hold on to your wallets a little tighter for me. No, but I don't know. I was just at I was at the age where I just I, I saw Ponyo as a little annoying brat. And to be honest, I have not seen that movie in a while, so I feel like if I saw it again, my opinion would change. But Brandon, you saw it pretty recently because you went through all Ghibli's films. How do you? I actually didn't see it more recently. This is the second ever Ghibli movie that I ever watched. I saw it in theaters. Uh, I saw Spirited Away first because my dad introduced me to that movie, and obviously, like that's the most Americanized Ghibli movie. Everybody knows about it. 
And then Ponyo came, and I remember being really interested in seeing Ponyo. And I fall somewhere in between, because on one hand, I find the lead actor or actress in either the dub and the sub, because I've seen it, like, twice, to be, like, really annoying, like Ethan said, and it's kind of overplayed. But on the other hand, I, I kind of understand where Milo's coming from. Like, it's the most one of the most unique Ghibli movies. It's very beautiful. The message is really sweet and poignant, and you do end up caring about the characters. Um, yeah, Ponyo is just a, it's a solid movie. I kind of underrated because of Hayo's other work being just so fucking good. Chris, I'm gonna be honest. So one thing that I think is important to talk about with me and Studio Ghibli is, ironically, among all four of us here, I've seen the least by Why far. Why is that ironic, Chris? Because I'm Asian. All right. Oh, okay. you want me to say it? I'm Asian. Okay. Jeez. Wait, you're Asian. <laughs> but yeah, Thanks so for like, clarifying. yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's just like, um, so like for example with Tanyo, I I'm not gonna lie, I've never heard of this movie until what this second. Yeah, I don't know. I've never heard of Tanyo. Hey, you never heard of It Man until I came into this country, you dingus. I actually had heard of It Man. I just didn't watch it. Yeah, and then you said it's propaganda for China. It is. It yeah, is. You, you capitalist motherfucker. <laughs> anyway, um, so I, quite frankly, I don't know what to say about Ponyo because I don't know a goddamn thing about this movie. One thing that I must, I gotta say before we go to our next film is, um, I, I love Milo that you mentioned the like the Little Mermaid spin because they did that with. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll probably talk about another film, but they did that with another film. Uh, Studio Ghibli's where it's like a twist on like uh, a fairy tale, a Western fairy tale that's also been a Disney movie, you know? Pinocchio. And no, and no, no, uh, that's what I'd compare this movie to. You compare this to Pinocchio? Yeah, Ponyo. I mean, (laughs) it's no, it's literally about the like the princess of the sea. Okay, never mind. But I just, I just like that they take those, um, those fairy tales from Western culture and sort of change it in a way uh, to make it unique to Japanese culture, which I think is cool. And but it doesn't it not make it unex- like unaccessible to audiences who are it, yeah, also... Ex- exactly. It just... It's a different it's a different little flavor on that story, you know? And I like it. Um, uh-huh. And the ham scene is very ham! good. Ham! This, this movie does ham! have some of the best anime food. Bro, can hmm. we talk about anime food? We're going to be talking about oh, the food. Oh. We're going to be talking about the food in these movies a lot this episode, I have a feeling. Yes, oh, we no, are. No. Oh, mama, yes, we are. All right. Hachimachi. Hachimachi. <laughs> uh, yes. All right, Milo. Good first pick. Good first pick. It's pretty good. So now it's on to me. Now. No. Yes, it is. I'm the one that comes up with the order here because we, we rotate. We rotate if you didn't know that. Pay attention, listeners. Sorry, my bad. We rotate through it. Grow up. Grow up, listeners. But the guest always first, but we always rotate. So now it's me. And my first Ghibli film is one that I've learned to appreciate more and more over the years. I think when I saw it the first time, I was like, yeah, that was pretty good. But now when I watch it these days, my old crusty self, I just can't help but fall in love with this movie. 1988's My Neighbor Totoro. Double stack. Double stack. Boo! Triple stack. Triple stack? Triple stack? Oh. Ah! Wait. 
Wait, wait. Does Brandon have it too? Brandon? Brandon. I do not have this film on my own. Yes, oh, I, I, I knew you would have it. That, okay, a triple stack. A triple stack. This is insane. That's our first this one. This is insane. I almost didn't choose it because I thought you guys would choose it, but then I was like, I got to choose Yes, that's how good this movie is. It's, I mean, yeah. Fire. It is the ultimate movie to watch on a rainy day. That's all I can say. When mm. you when you feel down and, and in a mood, this movie will always make you... A, feel like a kid again do you remember when you were a kid you, no. you will when you watch this movie because oh. it tackles a lot of themes of uh going to a new place and the the fears and anxieties that that has but then showing you that there can also be new adventures to be had in these new places you know mm. um it's a good movie about sisters and their bond you know it doesn't have to even be sisters. It can be just any sort of sibling, you know? Good sibling movie. And it's just... It's a magical film. It's... I think this is the closest... Um, it's a different kind of magic to uh, Disney. But I feel like this one gets the closest to capturing that sort of... Iconic, you know, sort of magic. That I just... And I love this movie. It's a, it's the, yeah. one of the greatest soundtracks of all time. And just great animation. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely lovable. Th mm -hmm. Chris, this is a triple. This is a triple stack. Our very first triple stack. Let's hear what you think of this film. Yeah. So, like, you know, among my limited um, selection of um, Studio Ghibli films that I have seen, Totoro's I think was probably my first one. Actually, I think I, I think I saw this on TV as like an eight year old or something. And like, wow, this movie is like, it's just. Like, Ethan, you, you said it best, like, it kind of has that Disney magic to it, but, like, still kind of reinvents it and has its own kind of tone. But I think, like, the word that I would use for this movie is, like, magically adorable. I think it's very much a movie that I can see myself wanting to show my kids one day. Um, and, like, I think you talked about, like, the themes about, like, you know, childhood, coming of age, you know, like, learn, exploring these new places and the anxieties that come with that. But... One of the elements of this film that really stuck with me, especially now when I think back on it, is this idea. I think it's called animism. It's this idea of like, you know, a spiritual link between like living and like non-living things. And there's like there's like an, a soul within every object, even though it may not be sentient. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. It's like it's the most like child friendly existential movie I can think of. Wow. I mean, yeah, it does deal a lot with like life and death because we have the sick mother and they like the uncertainty they have towards her and feeling that well and mm -hmm. sort of like the trauma that those little girls have to go through. Milo, yeah. you also picked this part of your stack. How do you feel I about did. Tortoro? Uh, similar to you, Ethan. I didn't appreciate it the first couple times I saw it. Yeah. But then recently it's been like stuck in my head. Yeah. Because like it's one of the best movies about nothing, really. Yes. Like, it's just a couple little girls going to a new house, hanging out, sick mom, give her corn, and furball thing. One girl gets lost. There's a cat bus. Cat bus. Yes. Definitely the most iconic out of all these Ghibli movies. Definitely. Well, I, I mean... Like, it's their logo. Totoro's their, sort of their mascot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that you brought up... Uh, movies movies that are about nothing 
But at the same time, as we've talked about, they're like, it's about everything. It's about so many other things. It's great. It's true. True, true. Brandon, what do you think about Totoro? I showed you to this. Mm. I showed you to this movie. I said, Brandon. <laughs> I took you go, to this movie. Go this way. Look towards the TV. It's playing. <laughs> uh, I think it speaks to Ghibli's catalog uh, and the fact that I was trying to differentiate my list a little bit. Mm-hmm. That it didn't make my stack. Because I, I like a lot of their movies and Totoro is really great. Like, it's a fantastically made movie with very little, if any, flaws. Like, there's a beauty to nature that Miyazaki really captures in this film. And, like, it's one of his, I think one of his most foundational pieces is, like, how he captures the man's relationship with nature and their own imagination. And how they're, like, intricately connected. And how, in Western cultures, um, transcendentalism took hold in, like, the 18th, 19th century and really establish that the greatest imaginations and the greatest fears can be solved by man's relationship with nature. And that is seen in this film's protagonist, like with her moving to a new place and dealing with a lot of uncertainty, uh, such as her mother's diagnosis, as well as her own uh, sister's disappearance. And I think that's really remarkable. It's so simple and imaginative, but at the same time, like, very like complex underneath the surface i i'm not saying but honestly like i don't really ever have the urge to put it on like really yeah i i like it's not a movie that i like i'm like yeah totoro let's put it on it's like one that i think i'd watch every once in a while rather than when i'd like revisit revisit on like a constant timetable you know what i mean i get so, that yeah. i see that all right well brandon Take us into your first film. All right. Tales from Earthsea is... No! Shut the fuck <laughs> up. What's your real first one? Someone was going to make that joke. Someone <laughs> had to do it. Come on. <laughs> uh, actually, I'm going to pick another Goro Miyazaki movie. <laughs> <laughs> 2011's From Up on Poppy Hill. You fucking... <laughs> incest! 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 They all left. <laughs> you had no idea how long that took to coordinate. Whoa. That was a lot of planning. Am I right, guys? Uh... Wow, Brandon, can I, I, I gotta say, Milo pitched to me, uh, I think it was yesterday, that if you picked this film, we would all scream incest at you and log off Discord. <laughs> <laughs> Please give me log a out of the video chat. All right, say, all right, all right. say your, so, sell your case. case. Yeah, the, sell your case. Listen, the one person here has not seen this film, and he has no right to judge. Pitch it to hey. Chris. <laughs> all right, pitch it to me then. T- all right, try and convince me. So I came into this right. movie with the lowest of expectations because mm-hmm. everybody's Princess. like, <laughs> is like living in the shadow of his dad and that is very much true but what you get with this movie is like a melodramatic masterpiece because miyazaki often delves into the magical behind the realism you know but this is very a like a very realistic anime like something in the vein of like the like the earlier scenes in weathering with you by shinkai and like it deals with that dramatic 
uh, dramatic situations and relationships between characters. Now, whatever you think of the controversial, and I'll say it, it's controversial, uh, relationship. To say the least. To say the least. Between two uh, main characters, it's a very unique way to go. And the way that the. Unique's one way to put it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The way their relationship unfolds. And, like, the plot with the fathers in the movie is so beautiful guys like honestly i was really touched by the characters relationship with history and their relationships with their parents and i found it extremely underrated um it's it's a very like twisted narrative through time it's very beautiful the food looks great in this movie definitely give it a chance it's funny it's it's sad and it captures something like you don't often see in ghibli so I love hmm. this movie. All right. Time well, for my retort. Yeah, why don't before, you? Before you make your, your uh, claim, let Milo and I retort, Chris. Uh, okay. So. There's this thing in the movie. There's this thing in the movie. Where, um, where two siblings. Yeah, go for it. Um, <laughs> so they're, they're like siblings. I don't know if you know what that means, but they're like related. They didn't know. Like really related. At the time. Like. Like from the same nutsack related. Yeah. You know? They're actually not. But well, okay. they're not, but they think they are. Oh, is it the same? They think they are. Oh. So this is this is how it goes down. So there's these this boy and the girl, they meet, they sort of they, they sort of start hitting off with each other, right? For A, they're like in high school, I think. Maybe younger than that. They seem younger. Um and I thought it was things like start college. unfolding. You thought it was college? Yeah. No, they're like no, they're 13. like they look like children. What the? F- <laughs> they're like tiny. Um, so they they're just they Japanese, Ethan. Jeez. You said that, not me. <laughs> <laughs> they're just tiny. They're just they're tiny little children. Um, <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> no, let me finish. So, uh, they both they're both missing their dad. And through uncovering this mystery of where their dad, not where their dad is or who their dad was, they know their dad is dead, that they figure out at one point during the movie that their dad, they think their dad is the same dad. And she says, the girl says, I don't care Mm -hmm. if we're brother and sister, I'm still in love with you. Now, it turns out afterwards that their dad is not the same dad, but... She said what she said. She said what she said. She said what she said. It could be platonic. It could be platonic. It was not platonic in the slightest. No, no, no. Because they had... There was tension at that. That's you reading into that. No. That was what Goro Miyazaki presented to us, the viewer. Nah. Nah. (laughs) What I feel is his fault. Yes. I I think this movie is very beautiful. It's it's a beautiful-looking film. No, it's a be- it's a beautiful thematic film. It's a it's a movie about incest and building a clubhouse. There's nothing too deep about it. <laughs> I think you're just undervaluing the movie to undercut the beauty about <laughs> this relationship between fathers and daughters. I'm gonna say. I'm sorry, it. I can't take him seriously behind. I can't mic. take you seriously <laughs> when you just <laughs> see, when it's just your microphone with your ears poking out. <laughs> 
that's how that's how he explained the whole movie, ladies and gentlemen. Um, <laughs> I'm very passionate about this very film. Very passionate. But can you move your mic? I can't take you seriously. <laughs> no, he's fine right there. Um, I, I don't know. I just even if the incest plot was not in there, it's just I don't. I, there wasn't enough for me personally to really engage with it, and just the incest, incest, uh, almost stuff was pretty funny. That honestly, that kept me more engaged in the film, just be in disbelief than what was actually going on. Getting approval from a president to rebuild a school, like wow. See, okay. it's just like they had these set feelings for one another, right? If it wasn't platonic, right? And he says like, nah. And I'm like, good. But, he doesn't say not. Like, he says he says nothing. Yeah, which is like a rejection, dude. Uh, and I think what is so, like what could be so poetic about that is like you give somebody like a character everything they want up to a point, and then you throw an obstacle in their way, and you resist. You stop them from doing that, and you have to like. To, like figure out like the feelings and where they lie and it's so crazy because other movies would just like i feel like let them get together and i don't think Th this like, movie does let them get together but then yeah, throws but, in another like, cop after. out throws in another cop that's out. it it's so intricately crafted though into the narrative that i feel like it works i don't know chris you've heard this debate. i don't think what is what do you, okay. what's your feeling? So I've been thinking about it. So no, here's where I stand on this. Granted, keep in mind, haven't seen a single thing about this movie other than hearing you guys talk about this for like the last couple months. Okay. So Brandon, you, um, this movie having this incest component, I would only be able to excuse that if the film handled that in a very like delicate tormented way in the sense of that do you see this character how painful it is for him to realize oh my god i'm in love with this woman who or this woman feeling the way about the man like like i'm not supposed to be in love with this person but i am and yeah. then you see like how difficult that is for this person and like Briefly. there's like a thim there's like a thematic I, element enough. there not enough. i think and it's I think it's very subtle and like they just I, honestly, they go back to focusing like on that can't be subtle though. No, yeah. okay. I it's because like they bring it, that up the movie, and then they go and talk he, about the clubhouse. <laughs> Sorry, go. And he so the main character <laughs> the main character of the film is like she doesn't find out first. I don't think he finds out first and for him he's like he cuts it off immediately and tells her and then they are very upset about it and they will say that there isn't enough and there probably should have been an extra scene in there but I think you can tell in the way they're animated like how like painful it is for them and I, I can't say that about a lot of other animated films that have that sort of expressiveness yeah I guess like the the only way that I can f find myself like being like, okay, like even with this component, I understand that it's for a larger story about love. Um, and like, if it's like, if it's a story about like, say unconsummated love and feeling like these two characters are meant to be together, 
but they are they're restrained from it um you know like in the mood for love is basically that exact narrative but it's you know different in the sense of what is keeping them apart um so i it's think more like societal well it is societal yeah norms it's, both ways yeah it is societal norms but like you know differently um but yeah so i think we i think um i'm willing to give it the the light benefit of the doubt that maybe if i watch it i'm able to connect to it in a way that maybe ethan and milo weren't able to but at the same time i have never seen a movie that contained incest where i was like okay i'm on board with this let me be clear let me be clear this movie is not about that in its entirety and they know that <laughs> there this is like a side plot um and yes it's very controversial and that's what people talk about when it comes to the movie but it's very thinly in the movie and they literally do not do anything about it so that's my mm-hmm. sort okay. of minor rebuttal and, to that and milo and i don't like this milo yeah, but the story's like way way too boring to justify having something that controversial it's that's called true. a melodrama milo no milo he's right Milo's right. No, he, Milo the, the, is. It's not about building a. Just, it's about building build a clubhouse. There's like, there's nothing really there. If that's, oh. if you're telling me that that the the romance is not the main plot, if that's just a subplot to the main plot, then you're telling me that the main plot of this movie is about kids building a clubhouse. And you're oversimplifying it. <laughs> I'm not. I watched. We watched yes, the you movie. Are. No, because <laughs> you. You're oversimplifying it. Historically. Historically? Historically. That, All right. We have gone way too long. About we we got to move on. We, we've been talking about this for like 20 minutes. Jesus Christ. Yeah, we way too long about this meme. <laughs> All right. So that was Brandon's first pick. Uh, Chris, your the first pick was Totoro. A... Yeah. So, and then Milo, Milo second your second pick, was, pick was Totoro. So now it's on to my second pick. And now, we are gonna get a little. We're gonna get a little serious here, cause uh, one thing that I love about Studio Ghibli is that it's able to bring out like the sheer happiness in um, the world, but it's also like it uses the an- the animated medium to, to also s- show some of the like the darkest and the like saddest stuff. Chris, no, we can't, we can't do this. Uh, Wait, could it be? <laughs> Not for this. My movie, movie is 1980s Grave of the Fireflies. Is that? Yeah, a- double star. <laughs> Too sad. Yeah. Too. Okay. Woo! <laughs> Let me tell you why this is such a good movie. It's a beautiful there, movie. It's an absolutely beautiful movie because the people talk about animation being able to express things that like that live action isn't able to, you know, like uh, mm-hmm. fantastical worlds and this all magical stuff. But it's also, I think it's all animation can only capture like some of the most tragic stuff too. Like I don't think this movie could be made in live action with a with these kids that young putting in that good of a performance, you know, the movie relies mm-hmm. on like the mental state of this brother and his young sister going through uh, wartime Japan and basically having the shittiest luck. I mean, at the beginning of the film, you learn that 
they're both dead, right? You learn the film that yeah. he's a ghost. And then you you track back to see how all this happened. And it is... I People call it one of the saddest movies ever, but like... I yeah. see it. I see this a lot, like Schindler's List, where it's so sad, but it also brings out some of the most like beautiful aspects of humanity and like the human will and love mm. for one another. You know, because this boy will do anything to protect and save his uh, his younger sister during the most horrific time in human history, like. The, the shit that they have to go through is insane in this movie and it it left me in tears by the end of it chris tell me how you felt about this movie i think we're fi- uh, i think we're on the same yeah, page this this is a fucking this is a heart-wrenching movie i would say it hits every part of everything that like makes up like what makes me want to cry during a movie whether it's like the uplifting beauty of humanity or you know the painful and sad tragedies of our reality um and like as ethan said the film does follow like a pair of siblings in uh wartime japan and like i think ethan said it best when he introduced this film that ghibli is very talented with uh, creating these worlds and these narratives about some of the most like creative fantastical and magical places that can you, you could ever dream of but what they do with grave of the fireflies by the way shout out to director Isao Takahata. Oh, yes. Fantastic director. Forgot to, forgot to mention job. that this was not a Miyazaki piece, unlike most of the Ghibli's. Takahata is yeah. such... He's such an, um, a depressing director, if you've seen the rest of his works. Like, mm. um... Like, very different makes sense. compared to the yeah. Miyazaki. Definitely. He's a lot more uh, yeah. humanist, I would say. Like, what's what's the... Mm-hmm. Pompoko, I think he did that one as well. And that one has a fucking... <laughs> bummer ending you know but chris continue sorry yeah but like you know um one thing i loved about this movie a lot is that it's also it's very much an intimate personal narrative it's not this grand adventure you know it it is in a way but like not it's that's not really what this movie is about it's very much about this relationship between these two siblings and it's so like melancholic reflective and like and it's very contemplative about our humanity it very much touches on like what is it that makes us human in the sense of like our set our ability to care for one another but also this unfortunate side of our humanity where we're also capable of very great evil um and i think like that's a theme that like that's very mature first of all but like it's also just a very like deeply you know human narrative to tackle and like takahara has like he has like come out to say that he does he did not intend this film to be an anti anti war film, but like I don't know I I wouldn't necessarily like I do definitely get the angle of like viewing this in that way, but I also think the main thing is more about that humanitarian study, right? Milo, I think you were the I think you're one of the first ones. No, it I think Chris and you probably saw this movie before me and Brandon. I think we're the most recent watches here, but. How, how do you feel about Grave of the Fireflies? Yeah, I watched it on my laptop with a DVD I got from the library. <laughs> you did the same thing. I, me too, but I was watching it on Hulu, but on my laptop. <laughs> this movie deserves to be and on I a big screen. I turned on the dub, and I said, oh, no, 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 no. That dub is awful. I can't do it. Yes. Piece of shit dub. So I had to put on the subtitles for there this you one. Go. Yeah. 
And in my letterbox review, I describe it as hitting me like a burlap sack of bricks. Mm -hmm. With just how relenting, or wait, unrelenting? Unrelenting. In its sadness it is, yeah. It's just so raw, and the ant is one of the worst antagonists in film history. (laughs) I'm glad you brought up that ant. (laughs) Holy shit, dude. I was screaming at my screen. When that ant will come up and say your shenanigans. I was like, you ungrateful bitch! What the fuck are you doing to these kids? <laughs> I, I, It got me angry. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, Brandon. Emotion. The, the emotion. Brandon, you've only seen the dub. How do you feel about yourself? Ew. Ashamed, I hope. I don't like the movie. Yes, you do. As you have three and a half. I don't like it as much as you guys. I. It's too sad <laughs> for up. my taste. No shit, it's Shut too up. sad. Well, you're, you, you, cr- yeah, you said your kids in the next. Your critique <laughs> was a little too sad for me. Um, I am, I am just like not as big of a fan. Like this movie is slow. I was not engaged in that. I don't care about the the dub. Fucking sucks, dick. Um, I think the visuals are what yeah. save it. It's stark and very akin to Schindler's List, just the Japanese version. And I, I mean, yeah, I, I like the relationship between the brother and the sister in this movie. It's very uh, simple and beautiful. And, and when in the end, it's very depressing. You know, I just didn't leave like a good taste in my mouth. And it's one that I probably... Never want to watch again unless I watch the sub this time. Because like I said, the dub in this movie gave me a bad impression of Ghibli movies. Because oh, I had yeah. only seen Ponyo and Spirited Away before. And I was like, Ponyo's dub was not bad. But right. You got movies. if you want to watch a Ghibli dub, you gotta look for the like the big Disney like produced ones, you know? Because they, yeah. they actually put effort behind the talent and everything. So the I say if you design. The sound design, everything. Like, so if you want to watch a dub, go for the big ones. Go for your Totoro. Go for you know Spirit Away, Mononoke, uh, Nausicaa, all that stuff like that. But some of these, some of these lesser known ones, I feel like it. This one's one of the most critically acclaimed, but it's I I, I feel like it's still lesser known in the library. You know, just because it's not directed by Miyazaki, um, that it didn't get the it didn't get get as good of a treatment as some of the others in the dub, but. Yeah, that's a good... All right, double stack. There we go. We got two-thirds of our final stack already settled out, but maybe... We we don't know. Maybe some other shit will happen. We'll see. We'll see. All right, Brandon. We're going back to you, bud, with your second pick. You say? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, my next film is 1994's Pompoko by Isao Takahata. Is it really? Yes, it is. I would... Wait, what... Really? Two Takahata's. Hey, good. Takahata. I'm not as big of a fan of Takahata's work. Uh, he did Yamada's, he did Fireflies, and he did Kaguya. And I'm not a big fan of any of those. But Pompoko I really did like because it had a great environmental message to it. And I think it really hit the nail on the head ahead of its time. Because in the 90s, like you had people starting to push climate change legislation and such but i feel like this film really brings the industrialized view of japan and western society as well to the forefront of the conversation and i think it does it in a very humorous way uh through these 
uh, evolving and shape-shifting tanukis, you know? Yeah. And I love them. I love them. They're great. With giant nuts. Yes. Giant scrotums. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I, I, I Listen, it's not my favorite Ghibli by any stretch of the imagination. I, I do think it's better than Fireflies, in my opinion, just because like I enjoy it more and I get more out of it. But uh, I... I needed to be different and I needed to find a movie that I liked and I, I really enjoy this movie and it's so unique. Nobody knows about this movie. I just feel like if, unless you're a Ghibli fan, like Chris, I don't know if you've even heard of this movie, but it's like, it's so fun. It's got a great message. Uh, the end, Ethan, I'm not quite sure it's, I guess it's sort of depressing, but like, I think it ends on a sort of uplifting note. Like you can get through it. But it, you know another movie that this film kind of reminds me of? What? Over the Hedge. <laughs> I mean, mm, no, it's Over the Hedge is not incest. I, I mean, it kind of is. You sure. In it on, yeah. on a on a surface incest level, about like wildlife against urbanization, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And this one's it's a really bit more magical. Awesome. But yeah, it's end- so magical and fun. So I watched... Uh, I could only find the su- the dub version of this one, which I don't think was a good choice, even though it has great talent, voice talent, like Clancy Brown as uh, as like the, the big tough Tanuki. I, I, don't, I, I think what detracted from me in my viewing experience was the, um, uh, the voice acting in the dub. But... Yeah, it, this one, this movie takes a weird, like, pseudo, like, documentary approach to it, you know, where it has, like, the narrator talking about the lives of Tanookis, um, and, like, how they're facing against, like, man's world coming in and destroying the forest, and I don't see how you find this a happy ending, because, I, I mean, I don't want to, Chris, is it okay if I spoil the ending here? Don't do it, please. Don't do it? I want to show him it. Okay, okay, I won't, I won't, but, like... I don't know. They're, they're, I, I, okay, I can't really talk about it. There's there's so many things I like that would be given away if I talk about it. Milo, how do you feel about this film? Uh, this is one of the only ones I've seen in the theater you saw? when it was re-released. Oh, really? You're not that. Yeah. <laughs> You're not that old. And... <laughs> <laughs> you don't know me. <laughs> no, but how'd you feel about it? Uh, I thought it was really weird. <laughs> yeah and sometimes a little hard to follow i do think it was a little too long mm-hmm. like there could have been some scenes they left on the chopping block i think oh wait i it agree is, it is almost it's... an hour two hours which is weird for a ghibli movie usually these things are tight yeah but the animation's good like it always is yeah. just i w- i want more and... people to see it too i mean i i i don't i don't discourage it it's got a good environmental message and still milo do you think this ends on a good note this movie it's kind of sad don't you think yeah yeah i don't know pretty sad i think brandon just has a cold heart (laughs) i think it's a bittersweet ending because it it like opens the door to the future but it also closes a door yeah but you'll get it if i if you've seen the movie but that door that was closed was is important to a lot of people yeah but it's it's not closed forever. It leaves it open. Oh. 
so it, it's so it's a it's door. a closed door, but yeah, it's unlocked. It can be opened again. It has a crack. Yeah, it's, o- it's open. Yeah, a just a little crack. I can stick a pinky. Yeah. Out. <laughs> yeah. Hey. <laughs> all right. All right. Hey. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> this is okay. This is weird. I think. <laughs> So, hey, I'll get into it once we get, find out what all of our films are. So, Milo, <laughs> we're gonna go back to you for now. Your last pick. It feels uh, it feels like it's been a while since you presented a spoken. film, yeah, <laughs> because of all of these double because of all these double stacks. But um, yeah, take us into your last pick. I, I have a good feeling I know what it is, but let let it out, bud. I'm glad Brandon didn't pick this one because I know he appreciated it. I'm going to pull a Brandon and pull out something for this oh, one. Oh, yeah, wow. Disc reveal. The wind rises. Ooh, the wind rises. Double stack. Just kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. What? Wait. No, I did. Damn it. I thought it would be. <laughs> I love that movie, though. Well, um, so it's the greatest film I've ever seen. The best film I've ever seen. My favorite film yeah. of all time. Wow. It has the greatest animation that they've ever done. It has the most beautiful story out of any Studio Ghibli, any animated movie, any film I've ever seen. Crossing off a lot uh, of boxes here. It has one of the best. <laughs> yes, sir. Better than when Marnie was there. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I gotta tell okay. you, it's better than The Secret Life oh. of Arietti. Just <laughs> pulls out the most random ass fucking one of their collections. <laughs> no, keep going, Milo. I know this is your favorite film ever, so tell it, gush about it, gush about it. Yeah. Well, it's the story of a Japanese aeronautical engineer named Jiro Horikoshi, and it's about him following his dreams of becoming an airplane designer from when he was a little kid, following this Italian engineer, and he's like, whoa, you're cool, I want to be like you. And then there's a romance in it that I think is really well done. And it tugs at me heartstrings. Oh. And the theme song is really good. Uh, what's the composer's name? Is it Joe? Joe Hizashi? Joe. Yeah. Yeah. Him. He makes good music. <laughs> <laughs> one of the greats. And this is one of the best. That's good. Yes. Wowie. Brandon, you now you gush about it because I think you're the one who likes it the second most. I adore this movie. When I saw it, I was like, I expected nothing. I I saw it. I saw the poster because it was plastered everywhere. And everybody talks about this movie who loves Ghibli. And I was like, I'm going to save it until like one of the last Miyazaki movies I watch. Because I had seen most of his others at this point. And I was like entranced by it because it included everything that Miyazaki loves. Like... Everything about like the environment, everything about flying, everything about dreams. And it's a very inspiring film, despite the fact that it's not magical like Miyazaki's other movies. It's magical in a different way, maybe, but it's not fantastical. Like there are moments where the film delves into this realism that you're not super like accustomed to if you watch their other works. But in that way, it makes it so much more relatable. And not it's not a fun movie necessarily, but it's definitely an emotional and intellectual one that you can get behind. It's also very quiet and 
heart, like like Milo said, nostalgic. It tongues at the heartstrings a little bit because you just connect to this character so much in the situations that he goes through, even if they aren't something that you've necessarily gone through. But it's right. very human. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. is is this gonna be Miyazaki's last film? No, he might. He's might working no. on another one. He's making another one right, right now? now. Oh, yeah. Give it to me. Give mm-hmm. it to me. But I was gonna say, I think, I think he he said he was gonna retire after this one. I have a feeling he said that, but then he says it he all says it all the time. time. <laughs> but so I when I when I saw this movie, I knew like I I I thought we all thought he was gonna retire, but then he said later after that. But so what watching that movie, I always I put into the like the context of like what he's trying to say in his like finale, but it's not as gonna be his finale. It's there's someone else, but it sort of sums up a lot of what his films are about. And I think you hit it on the head, Brandon, where it's like about um, imagination and um, nature and industrialization, you know? He's sort of perfect, and love, you know? Um, there's a quote of like, he, he when he includes a love plot in his movies, he always wants it to be like, the love is what makes both characters in a relationship grow. And I do feel that in this movie. Um, I think, I think the problem that I had with it when Milo showed it to me for the first time, I think I had a problem with the dub. We watched the dub. Um, I don't know. I think the dub's pretty good. I yeah, agree. I, I think you I haven't also s- watched the dub. Has Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I thought, did I see the dub or the sub? Let me check. I think, I think you saw the sub. I've never seen the sub. I know. That's I've what's watched interesting. watched the dub like 10 times. Will you ever watch the sub? <laughs> or are you just so satisfied sure. with the dub? I mean whatever either way i mean it's good i i just like the way the italian man says japanese boy <laughs> Hello, Hello, japanese, japanese boy. boy i remember we kept making fun of that or not making fun of that just having fun with that um i don't know um, i i gotta rewatch this movie if i'm gonna be completely honest it, i i don't know why how my my judgment was clouded the first time i watched it but like i can totally see all the points you guys just made right now but I still it gave it three and a half seen. on Letterboxd. It needs to be seen again. Ooh. I think. I mean, I have to rewatch Spirited Away for my animation class, but after that, I think the next Ghibli film I'm gonna rewatch is this one because it's on a. It's Can on we HBO watch Max. it together? You want to watch it together? Sure thing. I want to watch. I want to watch Spirited Away again because I haven't seen it in like a oh, long sp- time. Spirited Away. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah. also Wind Rises, but I, I want to see that on like the big screen because that that movie is so beautiful. Yes, oh, sir. Did you see it on the big screen, Milo? I mean, it came out. No. Okay. I saw it in a hotel for the first time. <laughs> hey. Underwhelming. That's, that's a good place to see it. I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. And then I went out of the hotel and there was a beach right there and I was like, my life has changed. <laughs> I feel, I honestly. That's a beautiful man. moment. That's a great scene you just set there. Yeah. It's great. Chris. Better than the red turtle. The waves were crashing, Chris, I- the sky was orange. <laughs> Oh, God, I wish that were me right now. Chills. Chills. Yeah, all right, chills. Chris, have you seen this one? No, I haven't. What a surprise. <laughs> no, that's okay. How, um, do you, how do you feel about it like that? We've just talked about it. I mean, like... You think it's worth checking out? No, definitely it is. And I know I know for a fact that it will be if I if I do give it the chance. It's just... um, I don't know. I think, like, like I've... Wow, have I watched a single Ghibli film while I was in college? I don't know if I have. Despite my pleas, no. Yeah. <laughs> and my pleas, no. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like, I mean, let me think. 
I think the the Studio Ghibli film that's been sitting at the top of my list to watch is Castle in the Sky. Oh, oh yeah. Which should have been on this but, list if you guys didn't pick it. Yeah, oh, no. I agree. We gotta, we gotta address the elephant in the room. We did pick that for movie scores, so it is missing out. I <sighs> I don't know if it, it, it wouldn't have made my stack, but I know it would have made Brandon and Milo's. Mm. So, amazing. there it is. Look, there he has the robot. Oh, beautiful. Oh, Can I have it? No. Give it to me. No. Come on, please. <laughs> I'm not giving you my object. No, <laughs> Give me I'm your objects. You. you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but all right. I got to rewatch this film. Chris, we got to show you more Ghibli films. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's go into my final pick. Um, a movie for dreamers. A movie yes. for dreamers. Dreamers, or believers, and gamers. Maybe not gamers. Uh, dreamers. My, and cream dreamers. my final stack. Not my final. My final pick on my stack is my favorite Ghibli film of all time. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite animated films of all time. One of my favorite films of all time. It's not my number one like you. I can't really check off all those boxes you did. It is Nausicaa, The Valley of the Wind. Fake fan. Big. Oh, I showed this to Brandon and he didn't appreciate it. I was. I liked I, it. I was. To- I was torn to shreds. Let me tell you why Nausicaa the Valley of the Wind is my favorite Studio Ghibli movie. Uh, because it is such... L- let me tell you one thing about Studio Ghibli. It is a fantastic film, A, for building a fantastical magical world that we can only dream of going to. And B, uh, letting the viewer really explore that world and know exactly what's going on in it. And I think it, they do it the best in nasca the valley of the wind it takes place in a post-apocalyptic world where these godlike warriors came down and fought these giant pill bugs <laughs> which created these big spores over the world that create a giant toxic jungle and the last of humanity is living in these uh these few areas that are like unaffected by these spores where they can breathe normally and it's about those humans dealing with each other because there's two kingdoms that are going to battle and they get and one peaceful kingdom gets caught in between the two and that's the valley of the wind and it's just it's such a great film world building i love the production design of this film like the jungle and the insects and beneath the jungle it's so beautiful and i love the concept of the giant god warrior you know it's so frightening to me that concept and it's got, I think, the best protagonist of all of Ghibli, which is Nausicaa herself. She's such a badass and such a pacifist. Um, <laughs> Brandon, we can't we can't hear over Discord, but I know what you're playing. <laughs> uh, it's just she has such a tragic tragic past, and um, how she is such a reconciles with. Uh, helping each other through the means of nature you know and healing nature she she knows that that's the way of uniting humanity is through healing nature and i don't know it's just it's such a sentimental film to me it reminds me a lot of my sister because i think this is one of her favorite films and we watch it all the time and just uh it warms my heart when i see this movie because it reminds me of it reminds me of family reminds me of home what can i say but uh i know I, you're a family i'm a fam i'm a family guy what can i say cue the music it seems it today seems that all you see is Nasca the Valley Wind and sex on TV. 
right. But are those, where are those good old-fashioned values? And we, you, which we used to rely. Lucky there's a family guy. There's a family guy. Lucky there's a man who positively can All right. Milo, how do you feel about Nausicaa? I know you know it's pretty good. It makes me laugh and cry. No, it doesn't. <laughs> cry a little um, bit for me. He is our family guy. It's a, it's a good movie, and it's one of their first. It was before they established Studio Ghibli itself, and they sort of brought it into the fold after they established it, right? Yes. Yeah. And has a really good female protagonist, like you were mm-hmm. saying. And I love the creature design and the, uh, like machine design of that flying thing she flies around. Oh on. yeah, her little her air glider is so cool. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I appreciate it as much as I should, but it's a solid movie. Quality, solid movie. I can see how you like it. <laughs> there you go. Brandon? <sighs> it's a movie. <laughs> These are what all movies. What the hell, yeah. man? <laughs> I like this movie. Ethan showed me this back-to-back with Totoro uh, as I was just getting back into Ghibli. I think it was over spring semester. It was. Uh, it was right before the coronavirus it was like in february right before the what before the big old virus where brandon and i could openly mouth kiss and breathe into each other without wearing masks <laughs> no uh <laughs> is like a good movie it's got good music it's got great you said it your best it's got one of the best uh like worlds that ghibli's ever created I just think they do everything better in other movies. You know, I think as a first draft, it's kind of good. But like, I think there's one that we haven't talked about that that we're going to talk about next that does everything this movie does, but better. Um, And I also Castle in the Sky is a better adventure movie. Sorry, not sorry. Um, But like, yeah, don't give me that. don't be sorry for the truth. Yeah, it's a what? it's a good movie. It's got good characters, but like the story didn't really move me that much. Uh, even though it is an environmental film, but it didn't move me as much as other films that I've seen from them. Okay, cool. Chris, you have not seen this movie. <laughs> yeah, but you should. <laughs> I'm but sensing you a theme. <laughs> I feel like after the show, we sh- we got to come up with like a. A required viewing of the studio for Chris to watch in order, but we'll do Let's that. Let's do it tonight. We'll do that once we're not recording. All right, Brandon, you were just mentioning a certain film that you think does does everything Nasca does, but better. What is that movie? I wonder what it is. I wonder. It, it's it's my favorite Ghibli movie, as you guys know. It's Princess Mononoke. Double stack. <laughs> Really? Every movie that oh. every movie I've picked today has been a double stack. I haven't announced a movie today. <laughs> <laughs> I should have put you last. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Holy shit. That's, that's oh my god. Is. Well, uh, there's our stack. Anyways, go into the movie. <laughs> Princess Mononoke has a great sub. It's got a great dub. It's got a great cast. It's got a great fucking story about the environment and about tribalism and about uh, being a female in society. 
Uh, it's got great animation, like some of Ghibli's best, in my opinion. Like the motion in it, like really caught me off guard because I like I, to this point, I think I'd only seen Howl's Moving Castle, Spirited Away, and Aponyo and Arity. And I remember seeing those and being like, the animation's pretty good in those. But in this movie, like the movement in the action sequences and or in the wide shots is like breathtaking, in my opinion, almost akin to some of D- Disney's best 2D work. Uh, like um, a, uh, the guy who did um, Sleeping Beauty for Disney and Mo- the the other guys who did Mulan in the Renaissance era. I think they're very comparable movies in the sense of like their wide and their beauty, their wideness and their beauty to them. Um, and honestly, I'm moved by it. Every time I watch this movie, I just love the characters. It, it's a really dark film, but it's a film that regardless of its darkness, like keeps me coming back for more every time. Yeah. Oh, that, okay. So this is also like Tordro for me where, Ooh. Milo, our sisters were obsessed with this movie for a big period of time in our lives. Do you do you agree with that statement? I feel like Simone, yeah. Simone and Ruby, they love this movie. And that might have, like, maybe have detracted it from me because we watched it so much. And I was like, okay, I get it. I get it. But I rewatched it this year. And to put it, to compare it to another uh, media experience watching this film again having not seen it for years and having not very high opinion of it but so it felt sort of fresh it was like playing the legend of zelda breath of the wild for the first time mm. let me tell you this is one of the greatest quest movies where it's its score helps it make it feel sprawling one of my favorite sequences is when he's just traveling on his like deer horse and it's just joe hisashi just going fucking bananas on the orchestra you know and it's like brandon said it's a great feminist film it's a great environmentalist film it's a great um spiritual film about man's relationship with nature something that is brought up almost all the time in miyazaki's films and it's done one of the strongest here so I can't argue with this being a double stack and putting on the final stack because it's one of my favorite films ever as well. And it's, it's, it's a beaut. It's a beaut. But I'm so sorry. Cause this was a double stack with Chris. I, he should have gone before me. I'm so sorry, Chris. <laughs> Go on about this I movie. Say, I know. Um, I, no, 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 no. I was just so excited. I was just so excited. Chris, go. Did we not have spirited away? Why, by yeah, the way, we, we didn't, didn't have spirited away. We'll talk about it after. Chris, go. Okay. So, yeah, I guess like, I mean, kind of similar to you, Ethan, where you compared it to playing Breath of the Wild for the first time. For me, it's like playing Skyrim for the first time. That sense of scope, scale, and adventure, and that like, this mythological world that, you know, you just can't not be enamored by. All you want to do when I see his movies, I want to know this world. I want to go out there. I want to see it. I want to, you know, live in it. But like, one thing that always brings me coming back to this movie is I think this is one of my favorite films for like environmental conservation as as a theme. Um, the connection that I feel like this film establishes between the spirit world to humans is so intimate and so like genuinely earnest. The It's kind of like this dichotomy that it explores between like humankind's need for growth, but also the importance of ecological preservation. And how those two often find themselves conflicting with each other. 
Um, and yeah, like, oh man, like this movie, like it just makes me think all the time. And like, it's just so magical. Like, you know, like people often say they would love to live in worlds like the Star Wars world or the Lord of the Rings world or, you know, like all these video games. And while I'm also in a lot of those, I can also find myself often imagining what it would be like to live in the world of Princess Mononoke. It's just so like, oh. you know, I mean, like, brand, and as well, like, like you guys said, the animation is fan fucking tastic. It's so grand. I don't know, but it's still intimate. I don't know how, how to describe it better than that. And I think that also plays well into its score. And I think like, mm. Brand, I know Castle in the Sky is your favorite Studio Ghibli score. And granted, I haven't, you know, watched it, but seen it. Or seen it. Yeah. <laughs> but like, um, you know, like. Princess Mononoke also has one of my favorite film scores ever. And like, it's just so it's the, it's can't go wrong with Joe. Hishashi. Yeah. And it's just, it's the perfect balance, isn't it? Between grandeur and intimacy. And I think they really strike a perfect tone in the middle there. Yeah. Milo, what do you think? Hot take. This one's kind of overrated. Woo! Oh, tell us about it. Why do you feel that way? bro? <laughs> oh my God. Roar! <laughs> Is Chris growling at me? or is that, that was Brandon. Who was growling? Chris was, it was yapping at you like a little dog. <laughs> All right. Why Why do you feel it's overrated, buddy? So everything you said, everything you said is mm-hmm. true. It looks cool. It sounds cool. It's got pretty good characters. But whenever I watch, I feel like I'm just watching a sequence of events. That's how I feel about Nausicaa. Well, like, fuck you, buddy. <laughs> 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 you just i get i you know i kind of get that it's a lot of a lot of this film is travel montage and it's beautiful travel montage like them going through the forests and seeing like the magical life that's in it you know but yeah i i get that what any anything else you want to say about it uh yeah i'm just never like the craziest fan of traditional fantasy that and this is one of their most traditionally fantastical. That's true. I forgot about that with you. Not really a, a big old high fantasy guy. I remember that. All right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there, there's our picks, and we have our final stack. But I, instead, no, we're we're fighting the stack. We're fighting. How? We we already have the double stacks. Yes. Them's the rules, son. We're putting the wind rises on this stack. <laughs> yeah. I would, but I can't because I didn't choose it. A Tortoros. We're getting rid of one of the movies. I'd be okay with getting rid of Grave of Fireflies. No. I... No. No. (laughs) I... I would maybe be willing to remove Mononoke for Wind Rises. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. We had a double stack. That's not how this game works. You don't just like... (laughs) Listen, Milo, I... We're bartering here. Milo, I'm sorry to say, buddy, I I don't think this will get on because so many people have picked these movies. Listen, you got you got Totoro, Grave of the Fireflies is pretty good, I, and I'm sorry about the Mononoke pick, but that that's how the show works. That's how the show Wait, works. Wait, I just realized something. Yeah. I won the episode. Every one of my picks was chosen. Yeah, because you haven't seen any. Haha. <laughs> Who's winning now? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I grew up. We're the winner. Hey, I'm the I'm the winner. Fuck you guys. And kind of the loser. (laughs) Yeah, and kind of the loser. Ethan, what's the order then? Well, not Grave of the Fire. Before before we do the order, I want to. Jesus Christ! I want to use this as a time for people to make maybe 
Is there any that you like? You want to shout out? Like, uh, Brandon, I feel like you did not pick your favorite Ghibli movies. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> no. I cannot and... believe you picked Incest over The Wind Rises. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to differentiate from everybody else's. And it could have actually had a chance of getting on. <laughs> oh, yeah. boy. Boo hoo. Go home. Die. <laughs> <laughs> oh man listen i i didn't choose your movie because i knew you were gonna pick it little bitch okay i was like i ain't gonna pick his little movie you um, know why because i need i need i need to pick movies that to, to differentiate myself not to make it on the stack you not i could care less you knew it wasn't gonna make your fucking list <laughs> damn okay <laughs> This is when I needed your help. Yeah. Uh, he failed. <laughs> when he needed the most, he was gone. I'm going to shout out my t- two alternates. Go for uh, it. I can't use Castle in the Sky. Yep. Because you already picked it. And I'm glad you picked it for the last act that we did on movie scores. But like that's like my favorite Ghibli movie or second favorite Ghibli movie behind Okay, Goes back mm-hmm. and forth. And Kiki's Delivery Service. I know there's not enough love in this group for that, but I really love this movie. My Another humanist. I almost put oh, it you did? over Totoro. Oh, shit. No oh, way. Shit. So Milo's got the best taste here, huh? I think I think oh. your rankings align more than mine, <laughs> if I'm going to be completely honest. I I am just so surprised nobody picked Spirited Away. Like, that's, that Why one's one of the most acclaimed. <laughs> And listen, I love uh, that movie, but there's too. just it's three good. more that are better. <laughs> there's a couple more, but I they're... feel like it's because it's the American, like everybody's seen, like Spirited Away. Because it's it's the Oscar that... winner out of yeah the, the Ghibli films. Yeah, when I was growing up, I saw that one all the time. So it's right. like, well, I've seen this. It's kind of like obvious, and mm-hmm. also like there's better Ghibli out there if you've seen all of their work. You know, right? I love House Moving Castle. Yeah, shout out to Almost shout out much shout out to House Moving Castle. That one's great too. Yes, sir. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Okay. Also a good dub. Let's yeah. Let's think about how we're gonna order this. Um, Wait, Christian Bale voiced Howl in the dub. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Wicked. Um, anyway. I think I kind of like I like this order where I think Totoro first, Grave of the Firefly second, and Mononoke third. Just because like it's the nice intro to happiness, and then you go to the stark. Uh, sadness depression and then you get you get a bit of both at the end and it's it's a lot it's a it's a grand film to end it off how do you boys it's a grand finale. Like, grand finale any, any other ideas? i like it and when does wind rises come in again um back in <laughs> listen all right here we'll have this is our first ever if you're if you want to watch one more movie you can watch wind rises how about that that's the bonus stack Thank you. That's the bonus stack for mm-hmm. this episode. I would be willing to get rid of the Grave of the Fireflies. I I'm would not. not. I would you, not. That is a, now we're bringing there it back. Are, there are only two perfect Ghibli movies, Nausicaa and Grave of the Fireflies. So we can't, First of all, you're wrong on both of them. So we got to have one perfect Ghibli movie there. If I can't have Nausicaa... Yeah, The Wind Rises. Yeah, The Wind Rises. No. Come on. The no. Wind Rises and Mononoke are... And fucking Castle no. in the Sky are the best Sorry. ones. Sure doesn't work like no. that, boys. Yeah, let's, let's bring Castle in the Sky back. You know from the what? Dead onto I'm feeling that's like a, we should that's put a bonus bonus on here. No, the cat returns and Whisper of the Heart. Whisper of the Heart, cat feature. returns and Tales of Earth. Oh, fuck those. <laughs> that, those are that's our stack. All right, let's ring it out. No. <laughs> All right, 
I think it's good order. Anyone have any objections to this order? No? Totoro last. You want it last? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> so you can leave all happy with a pep in your step. I leave all happy after Mononoke. It, it, this is a good happy <laughs> introduction. And it's like the most iconic one. Sort of how we did time travel, where we did the most iconic it's... one first, you know, with Back to Future. You might get whiplash between one and two. <laughs> you will. Uh, <laughs> but we don't want to... It's a continuation. It's hard. It, that's true. I don't know. I like that you see the highest, the happiest, the saddest, the and then lowest. the most complex. Not the most complex. A complex one right in the middle. You know? I uh, agree. Okay. Sure. Let's run, let's, then let's run it down. Let's, this is Stack's official... Studio Ghibli final three movie marathon. Milo, kick it off with our first film in the stack. We're kicking it off with the most iconic. It's in the logo. You've seen it. My neighbor, Totoro. Chris, take us into our second pick. Our second pick is a beautiful and tragic war film. Um, Isao Takahata's 1988 um, amazing piece, Grave of the Fireflies. Brandon, wrap it up. And our last film, our last film is the excellent Princess Mononoke, a spectacle of epic proportions about the environment and the way we treat our fellow human beings. My fellow human beings. <laughs> My fellow Americans. My fellow human beings. Watch these uh, Ghibli Watch movies. They're uh, very good and from Japan and epic. <clears throat> and then, of course, as as our little stack bonus, watch The Wind Rises. Thank you. Milo's favorite movie of all Everyone time. Everyone do it. It's that. It's not the most fun movie, but it's the best movie. It, it's a good. It's a good ending one because, like I said in my analysis, where. We all thought it was gonna be Miyazaki's last, so he has a lot of little, a lot of end statements in that film about his a very personal movie. Very personal, right? And wrap sort of wraps up some themes in his last films. Well, okay, that's the show, everyone. That is the episode. I'd like to thank my best buddy Milo for coming on the show. It's what? It's, it's been so long since I've seen this man in person. We used to hang out like all the time back when we were kids. So it's nice to see his beautiful little face on the television screen, tel- the computer screen. He delivered me in the hospital. I, I, I was the one who delivered him, if you didn't know that. Um, Brandon passed out on his mic. <laughs> but Milo, thanks for coming on, buddy. And thanks for thanks for being one of our biggest supporters on the show. We we couldn't have done this without you. How, how do you I listen every week? You listen, every, you're, a, you're our regular listener, and we're humble and mm-hmm. thankful for that. And we... We got, we're gonna have you back on once we get more guests and we start rotating the guests. You gotta start thinking of another topic because this was great. I loved you on this show, so you're gonna you're coming back. Hell yeah! Oh hell yeah! And that'll do it for this show, no. everyone. Hell yeah! That'll do it for this show, everyone. Uh, thanks for listening, and uh, you, you boys want to say goodbye to the listeners. Take care. <laughs>